The time has come. I like that. The time is now for Victoria Stilwell's Positively Podcast. She's a world-renowned dog trainer. Seen enough dogs today, have you? She's the host of It's Me or the Dog. I'm coming to train you. Along with co-host Holly Ferfer. You don't play around with that name, do you? I am a fan of Schmitty Balls. She's Victoria Stilwell, and she's ready to go. This is a lovely way to start the day. You get the busy bee. I need to trim her whiskers. I see some poo here. I feel a little bit better now, because I'm the only one who usually feels stupid during the podcast. Now, let's head to the studio and get this Positively Podcast started. You realize it's been two years. I feel like our theme song should be reunited. It should be. Peach is an herb. We did one herb. Herb. Yeah. (laughs) We did one, not this Christmas, but last Christmas. Right. But so it's been two years, really, since we we were doing the podcast. And I look the same. You look absolutely (laughs) the same, right? You look amazing. Except our headphones are creaky. Every time I move, I hear something. That's the only thing that got old. We haven't used them for so long. It's, I wonder if people thought we fell out or something. And maybe they did. No, we've just been having too much fun. What, what, so it, it, wrap up two years and two minutes. Uh, what have oh you been doing? Oh, my gosh. Traveling a lot, filming a lot, doing a lot of web series, working with arson dogs, working with police dogs, writing books, um, being a mom, training <laughs> dogs, doing rescue work, uh, busting puppy mills. Um, writing for magazines, uh, blah, blah, blah. creating a new website. Oh yeah, absolutely. And um, the website looks great. By the trying way. to have a life as well. Um, <laughs> thank you. So in other words, nothing. You've been sitting on the couch having bonbons with a white yeah, fluffy dog. You know, and that's what I do every day. <laughs> it's been really busy. Hence yes. the fact that we haven't been able to I get know. together because you've also been traveling, traveling for work, which is great. I got to go overseas to Europe, Portugal, Costa Rica. Just came back from Charleston, going to San Diego, doing a bunch of cool stuff. So yes, it keeps me on the. I travel a couple. Weeks weeks probably every three weeks i'm on the road so yes but i'm i'm gonna make it a point to be back more and uh we can do more podcasts absolutely and for the folks that don't know you work with cnn i do i work for cnn i get to do travel stories but don't tell anybody because i don't want them taking my job uh i get to do travel stories i do health stories and then breaking news so randomly my mom always says when are you on I'm like i don't know mom i don't know so they should go to the airport sometimes because she <laughs> to see me I do. I see you at the airport. Yeah. I'm there waiting for a flight mm-hmm. and I hear your voice and I go, oh, that, that just makes me feel at home. <laughs> well, it does. You just know I'm gainfully employed. Yeah, no, no. It's great. And of course, sometimes I see you at CNN because I've yes. been doing HLN's right. um, show, The Daily Share. Mm-hmm. And so I've been doing some pet expert segments for them. And that's, that's been really cool. great. And you just did Crufts, the big uh, show in England. I did. Crufts is the largest dog show in the world. And it's an international dog show. There are around 20,000 dogs competing wow. for show and even though I'm really not a dog show person Crufts is more than just about showing dogs Crufts mm-hmm. is massive I say it's about five times the size of Madison Square Gardens and wow. where, where Westminster is held every February um, which is the US version um, uh, done by the American Kennel Club and but this is the UK version with the Kennel Club and um, it's it's so much more than just a dog show. So we have, there's a lot of agility, um, 
heel to music, uh, um, flyball competition. There's about a thousand stands that people can go. The shopping's amazing. Wow. You learn about dogs. There's a lot of rescue work going on. There's discovered dogs where you can learn about different breeds. There's it, it, it. It's a really great show. So I've just come back from there and I was doing some segments for the broadcast for Channel Four. They were really funny too because I got to watch them online. Oh no, that those were the segments that I filmed last year oh. with Nando Brown. That was in 2014. This year was um, I was actually doing some segments for the broadcast because they broadcast on Channel Four on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday nights. Right. So I did three little segments wow. each for for the first three days in your spare time. In my spare time, and you've been doing arson dogs mm-hmm. and police dogs, but. Yes. Catch everybody up in case they haven't seen this, but you you are online. Yeah, you can see my Arson Dog series um, if you go to um, uh, youtube.com forward slash Victoria Stillwell. You can see my Arson Dog series. And this is where I join a group of um, guys who are getting uh, at training school. Really, they're getting their dogs for the first time. And these are dogs that have been specially trained to detect various accelerants Mm -hmm. and so they spend four weeks in Maine um, working learning how to work and train and live with these dogs and if they pass and they become certified they then take their dogs back to their respective um, places where they live in the United States and work their dogs as um, during for suspected arson investigations so it's really and it's run by State Farm and um, the wonderful State Farm rep is Heather Paul Um, we're going to talk more about it. We're going okay. to get Heather onto this podcast and talk more about what it's like to to live and work with an awesome dog and the incredible work that these do these dogs do. And uh, and I loved it because they're all trained in a positive way. Mm-hmm. So it, it just shows you that high drive dogs can be trained in a positive way. But also, I've um, been carrying on filming w- with the Gwinnett County Sheriff's Canine Unit, Sergeant Paul Corso and Deputy Sheriff Jason Cotton. Um, and these guys are fantastic. They're not completely positive trainers. They're I would say they're progressive. They're getting there, but mm-hmm. um, police dog training is traditionally quite harsh. And um, I'm exploring whether these high drive dogs can be trained in a more positive way. And so that they still get their job done. Still get their job done, and right. it doesn't matter whether it's a dog that's detecting um, scent detection um, or the dog is apprehending a criminal or tracking a criminal, can these dogs be trained in a positive way? So that's going to be a web series that we hope is going to be on soon. Awesome. Well, yeah, just a little busy, I would say. Just a little busy. <laughs> and you wrote a book. Well, um, yes, I, I did write a book, and that came out last year, the year before last. You see, I'm getting old, and when you get old, it gets okay. time goes very, very quickly. But I'm actually now in the process of writing my fourth book. Wow. Yes. Very and that's going to be cool. out in 2016. And what's this one going to be about? Well, I'm not going to tell you right okay. now. All right. Don't. It's a secret. All right. But the secret is part of the title. Oh, Okay. To me about birds, all about birds, all about birds and the bees. So, in other words, you've been a little busy. Yeah, I have been busy. busy. I have been busy, but it's been really great. And of course, building this website, Mm -hmm. this beautiful, beautiful website, it's very user friendly. That's we we wanted to make it user friendly. We wanted people to just have a great experience with it, and it's just packed with information positively.com go to their website anything you need to know about dogs is there yeah there's so much stuff on there i actually um, was going through because i had a couple specific questions and any question i had I was, oh that's interesting that's interesting it took me like three hours to find and i got the answers to my question only because i got sidetracked by other but you know it's very interesting i love yeah. it 
Good. We have, oh, and also we've, uh, you know, we've got a, a few more people who have joined the Positively team, a wonderful digital director uh, or director of digital content, I should say, mm-hmm. Alex Andes, and Yay. she's fantastic. She's a great writer. Yep. Um, she comes uh, out with us on our, on our shows as well when we're filming. And um, she's, she's very passionate about, yeah, all the, the men like her. Um, it's okay. I'll, I'll, she's very pretty. Yeah, she's Beautiful. very pretty. She is. Um, she's also very, very cool. And yeah. she's a big and rescuer as well. So awesome. um, if you want to see more of what she does, um, then I read a lot of her blogs. You can go to positive.com. Very cool. Yes. And we're going to do podcasts. We are going to, we've committed to coming back and doing these podcasts. It's the only time I get to see you. We have to schedule a podcast. I know we do. We do. All right. So what are we going to talk about? Uh, What do you want to talk about? I say, um, I don't know. What do you want to talk about? What, what, what you're looking like? What do you think about dog shows? What do I think about them? Yeah. What do you think about people showing dogs? Okay. So, uh, I've only been to one in my whole life. Uh, dog show. It was very cool to see all these different breeds. I had never seen what a Bedlington Terrier looked like before. And I thought, wow, look, they're showing a sheep at the dog show. I had no idea, but, um, it's very cool, but I'm kind of conflicted about it because part of me wonders, look, what kind of lives these dogs have? Don't touch them. Don't go near them. Don't do this. And then these trainers and these owners seem to be so hyper about their dogs and so intense. And I thought, well, shouldn't a dog be relaxed and having fun and doing, but then on the flip side, they're being transported everywhere. Like, you know, let me think about it. Do I want someone who would bathe me and comb my hair and brush my teeth and do everything and make, you know, so it's kind of a, these dogs have a job and they're doted on. So maybe it's not so bad. They go in air conditioned carriers that are more comfortable than my car. So I don't know. I'm conflicted. I think I'm the same. I am conflicted. And, you know, I used to say, I hate dog shows. I hate it. What do you go to dog shows? I don't think any dog should be shown at a dog show. Um, and of course I kind of grew up going to dog shows because my grandmother was, um, she bred beagles and mm-hmm. she showed her beagles. They're beautiful. Uh, but her dogs were also dogs. Her dogs mm-hmm. got dirty. They ate poop, you know, they rolled in <laughs> nasty stuff. They hunted, they did the whole thing. So, um, and, uh, what, when I actually went back to a dog show when I was older and, and met a lot of the people, I was pleasantly surprised by how passionate these people are about their animals. Yeah, you're always going to get that element that are over the top, that, mm-hmm. um, you know, that, that don't treat their dog so well, that don't allow their dog to run around and have fun when they're not showing. And you get those people that, that want to win at all costs. Mm-hmm. But, I have to say, in general, my experience of these people who, who, their dogs are their lives, their absolute passion, and those dogs are spending more time than I would they say most companion dogs are spending with their people mm-hmm. because, because, you know, this is their, their lives, their hobby. They're doted um, on. Yeah, they are doted on. And of course, being at Crofts, which is the largest dog show, and there was a lot of controversy this year or controversy wherever you live. It's, <laughs> it's, it's pronounced differently. Um, and, uh, and there was a, this dog, Jagger, was poisoned. Was it poisoned at Crofts or was it? actually poisoned it lives in belgium was it poisoned when it went back to belgium and then you had the best in show winner who picked up her dog by the tail and the neck which is actually a way that they pick up scottish terriers and terriers in general in the u.s and canada but that's not allowed in britain so and then there was somebody that was seen abusing their dog in the parking lot so there was a there there really was this i think crafts went really well but there was all of this awful stuff that surrounded it which which unfortunately you know terrible for the dogs terrible for the people um and um 
But in general, it was an amazing show. Mm -hmm. And it, it, it does give... It, it educates people mm -hmm. about these incredible dogs and it celebrates dogs and 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 that's why i support it yeah that's why i support it and i think you know if you if you really hate dog shows well just go go and see and mm -hmm. then and then and then judge it but but don't if you know don't do what i used to do which was, <laughs> I hate them. and i didn't really understand it i didn't yeah. really know what it was all about and i guess it's going to be like you know think about it i call those those uh those owners and trainers, the pageant parents, they, they, they do the same thing to kids. Think about it. They dress their kids up. They don't let them be kids and play. They have to be perfect and don't scuff your knee because you have a pageant. You have to win. Same thing. It's just with the dogs. It is. And some of those parents are fine. Most of them are right. absolutely crazy. Exactly. Oh my gosh. I'm a mother of a soon to be 11 year old or she will be 11 actually. Um, and, uh, she, if I, if I send it to a pageant, <laughs> she'd run a mile. But I will oh, tell dear. you with the dog show, I, I find myself getting vested in it, watching it. If I watch it on TV and it's funny cause you think, ah, oh, it's just a dog show. And we did watch, like, even if we watch, you know, the one in New York, if we, you know, you sit down and like, yeah, it's a show, whatever. Sean's like, what are you doing? I'm like, it's a dog show. He's like, yeah, yeah. The next thing you know, we're like, oh, it stumbled. Oh, look at that girl. Oh, look at it. Did it, was it supposed to do that? Oh my gosh, look at him. He doesn't look happy. She looks mean. And we start creating stories around this and we're vested in it. And then we pick our favorite dog and we're rooting for it. It becomes like March Madness. See? <laughs> so they're not all bad. No, it's not. Not okay. at all. And I did learn that a Bedlington Terror is not a sheep. It is not a sheep, but it does very look like a little sheep, doesn't mm -hmm. it? It's like a little lamb. Hey, you got something on your mind? What are you, a wizard, a genius? How do they make a miniature? I mean, is there some way, some process, they, they physically miniaturize the dog, or is it a puppy, or what, what the devil is going on? That's a really good question. I've got my work cut out for me here. Next time you want to know something, can you repeat the yes. question? Why don't you ask Victoria? She's the expert with this kind of stuff, you know. Uh, you obviously don't dog. know my dog. Just, Just ask Victoria. Okay, so it's been how long? Almost two years. You should see. I make fun of people who have thousands of emails in their inbox. Um, you might have a little more than that because it's been so long. So what do you say we do and ask Victoria? <laughs> I'm very excited because us, we, this segment is being sponsored by one of my favorite training tools, which is Adaptal. See, dogs get anxious and stressed, just like humans. We mm -hmm. know that, don't we? And just like humans, they don't always express it in the best way. No. Many pet owners might not realize these unwanted behaviors, such as excessive barking, soiling the house, hiding, and destroying household items are caused by stress. All kinds of things can create stress for your puppy or dog, including loud noises, new people, surroundings, traveling, being left alone. That's a big thing that I see, dogs that have separation anxiety. Adaptil is clinically proven to help reduce or eliminate stress-related behaviors by mimicking the natural pheromones pets use to communicate. Hmm. It has a calming effect on your dog, which makes your home a happier and quieter place for everyone. Adaptil is available uh, available in a collar, diffuser, spray, and wipes to help you keep your dog calm in just about any situation. Best behavior starts with Adaptil. And to find out more on how Adaptil can help your dog's behavior, check them out at adaptilus.com. All right. The first question we have comes from, is that, is you, do you say Shropshire? Shropshire. Shropshire mm -hmm. in the UK. And it's Sharon. And she says she has a dog that won't walk on a leash. The vet suggested we carry him one way on the walk and make him walk back. This does work, but I want him to walk both ways, which who wouldn't? So can you help? 
That's really... Mm, you know, um, it's not that uncommon, and I'm glad that the dog's already seen the vet because I always suspect if a dog doesn't want to walk, is there something? Is the dog feeling uncomfortable somehow? Mm-hmm. Is there some sort of medical condition that the dog, it's hurting or it doesn't feel comfortable or it's in pain, something like that? So if if you have that issue with your dog, take your dog to the vet. But with this dog... Um, I like what the vet said, um, make the dog walk back, which is, and hopefully the dog is happy walking back because, you know, why is the dog not walking? If, if the dog's got a clean bill of health, is there a behavior issue? Is it the dog is worried about being out, outside, doesn't want to walk outside? Um, there are very few dogs that are really, truly lazy. And also, I, I, hate the, I hate it when people call their dog stubborn. Oh, my dog's stubborn because it doesn't want to walk. There's always a reason. That the dogs don't do stubborn. Mm-hmm. They're not out to get you or to irritate you <laughs> by, by just putting their butts on the ground and not moving. There's a reason for it. Um, I've had a lot of dogs that are actually quite scared of being outside. Um, and they might be fine walking in the woods, for example, but are terrible walking on the roads because they're scared by cars or trucks or lorries, motorbikes that go past. Um, and so that's what I would ask. Is your dog fearful of being outside? Has your dog got its tail tucked between its legs? Is it hypervigilant? Is it hyperreactive? Um, and if, if you, or it's his body tense, if you see that in your dog, then there's a potential fear issue going on there. And that's definitely a time to call a trainer. And there are lots of great trainers in, in the UK. Um, if you go to, if you want a, a good trainer, go to positivity.com forward slash trainers. And you'll find some of my wonderful Victoria Store Positivity dog trainers there. Um, I would advise you to do that. Um, is there anything that motivates your dog? I mean, anything your dog absolutely loves, like playing a favorite game, the best toy in the world, the best food in the world that the dog only gets when it starts to go on the walk. Maybe you could use that to really entice your dog to go. Be aware, you know, is uh, of the environment, is the dog too hot? Is the dog too cold? Are the dog's paws, does it feel weird underneath the feet? There are some dogs that don't like walking on concrete but are okay on grass and vice versa. So I would really check out medical, environmental, and behavioral. And uh, hopefully something in that will kind of, you, you'll see something in your dog and go, okay, that's the reason why, and then you can treat it. Hmm. Interesting. And would you sort of experiment little by little, take them to a patch of grass, let them walk around and observe them, take them to I would a park? Put them, yeah, I would put them in a car and, and go to the woods or go to a, a place that's less, if, if you live in an urban environment, you know, go to a place where there's less noise and see if your dog is happy to walk out of the car and, mm-hmm. and to the car and, and away from the car and back again. Is it, uh, you know, has, has a trauma happened in outside your home that your dog doesn't want to leave? Um, you know, vary it, try different things. Uh, I love the whole thing about teaching and training is that every dog is different. Um, not everything works for every dog. And so it's trial and error. Try everything because something's going to stick. Okay. The next question is from John in Derbyshire, UK. Yeah, Derbyshire. 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 It looks like Derbyshire. Yeah, I know. Okay. It's Derbyshire. I know. I know. Our producer's laughing because he's, he Bruce. goes to England and all these weird things should be should be pronounced in a different How way. How do you pronounce that? Derbyshire. Well, then why don't they spell it like Derbyshire? I know. There you go. That's, compl- that's 
total American reaction. It's total British. Okay, here we go. We have a five-year-old pump, by the way. My name is H-O-L-L-Y. It is now pronounced Heather. Okay, <laughs> we have a five-year-old Pomeranian. She was 14 months when we got her, and she's frightened of all dogs, regardless of size. Karita, hmm. the dog, is quiet, never barks, snaps, or bites, is lovely with people, but just shies away from any dog. Can you please help? I would do a slow socialization, and I I have um, I love to get a bum, bomb-proof dog. I call them a what? A bomb-proof dog. And this bum is a, or bomb? Oh no, bomb, as in B O M B. Oh my gosh! <laughs> like see, this accent is terrible. <laughs> and and these dogs, they give great body language. They're very calm. They're very sociable, and they can give mm. fearful dogs confidence. Oh, so, so it's another dog you would... Yes, this is another dog that I would bring in. Another dog that, if it's a friend's <clears throat> dog or a trainer's dog, somewhere with the, the, the dog can, the fearful dog can experience social interaction with a very safe, calm dog. Mm-hmm. And I would start slowly exposing that dog to other dogs like that. But don't overdo it. Um, and if you see, you know... I think people think the whole idea of socialization is that dogs have to touch each other. Dogs have to smell each other. <laughs> dogs have to interact. And actually, we socialize with people all the time, and we don't touch. We don't. We don't. Well, I don't know about yeah. you, but I do. <laughs> well, you're a hugger. <laughs> but, you know, you can okay. socialize with somebody just by talking to them. You don't That's have true. to be all over them. That's true. And yes. so, you know, if your dog is happy at a distance, then start at a distance, and then gradually get a little bit closer. And, and go at their pace. At their pace, and, and just see. And, you know... I think there's a lot of pressure. We all want our dogs to be sociable. We really do. We want our dogs to greet every other dog they see. We want our dogs to be the lover of the whole neighborhood. And it just, a lot of dogs are just not like that. So don't put pressure on yourself. And, and if your dog is happier not greeting other dogs and your dog is not reacting, well, then that's okay. It's okay. But if you want to start socializing, do it slowly with dogs that is going to give your dog confidence. That's my advice. Okay, good one. And this one is from Judy in South Carolina, and she says, my dog is a nine-month-old Irish doodle. So I guess it would be an Irish setter and setter uh-huh. and a... Wow, that's a combination. We have been through training and she does very well, except she jumps on everyone. She loves people and goes nuts when she sees them. I have small grandchildren that I cannot visit unless she's crated and it causes quite a disturbance when someone comes to the door. And she says, I need help. Oh, I know. You know, Mm -hmm. I, okay, A, be thankful you've got a sociable, excited dog because I, treat so much and meet so many people whose dogs hate people coming to the house or they're aggressive or they're going to bite and you know so at least your dog your dog's the completely the other way which it is good but you you just got to teach them manners and i like to look there's a lot of energy when somebody comes to the door there's the dog gets very excited you've got all of those hormones and all of those you know that adrenaline coursing through the dog's body and so there's a lot of energy in that dog and the energy's got to go somewhere so i teach a dog to do something different so instead of going out and jumping, I teach a dog to, hey, doorbell rings, go get your toy and then bring it to the person and sit in front of the person or doorbell rings, go to, go to your bed, go or go to your place, lie on a mat somewhere um, and, and wait. And then when I cue you, then you can come 
and say hello to the person. Um, if you can't do that, if there's too many people or there's kids coming in and you don't trust your dog, put your dog behind a baby gate for a little while. Crating can cause more kind of frustration and cause dogs to get even more excitable. But putting a dog behind a baby gate just allows that dog to sort of see everybody, mm-hmm. calm down, and when it's calm, come and say hello. But, you know, a lot of people will tell the dog off all the time, and that doesn't teach the dog anything. Tell the dog to stop jumping. It doesn't teach the dog anything. Give the dog something else to do. And you know, why do dogs jump? And sometimes, yeah, it's just sheer energy. They're excited. They want to say hello. Um, and some dogs, it's actually a coping mechanism. For some dogs, you can you can see that they might not be that comfortable with people, but it's just their habit. It's the way. It's their way of communication. It's their way of kind of anchoring themselves to you. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, it might seem a little strange, but this whole idea, and then you're telling a dog off for either being excited or trying to be secure or trying to anchor themselves with you or, or, or try and bond with you. Um, and so that's why teaching a dog to do something else is the best way to teach, to treat a jumping issue. So you're redirecting their energy. Basically. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Um, here's a question from Catherine, who's from London, and it's spelled like London. It is. Um, in my line of work, I come across lots of different dogs every single day. Whilst, I love that. She might be related to Shakespeare. Whilst most are charming, we get the occasional dog who will kennel guard. Do you have any advice for us about dogs who are aggressive towards us or dogs who will not come out of travel crates? She says, I work at an airport, so understand this is a scary place with new everything for a dog. Thanks. So when she says kennel guard, I guess, won't let somebody get yeah. towards Yeah, that? this is a tricky one because you've got a dog in a, in a stressful situation mm-hmm. and um, they're traveling. They're obviously under stress. Um, yeah, there's a lot of strangers around them. They just go through you know, trauma. They don't mm-hmm. know what it's uh, being in an airplane is all about. And um, so, uh, and what what she wrote about letting them out, I uh, and correct me if I'm wrong. Please email us and let us know if if I'm wrong that they're not really supposed to be let out until of the, yeah, the uh, of the crate until the owner's with them. Right. And so I don't quite understand what um, what the issue is with letting the dog out unless the dog is really sick or something's something's happened. So I mean, I would just say there's not really any training that you can do for that dog. Mm-hmm. I would just say you know relieve pressure by just keeping your distance, approach the crate from the side, not head on, um, and um, just talk to the dog in a calm voice. Okay, yeah, because I wonder, too, if it's even if they have to pick the crates up and move them, take them off of a belt and put them somewhere yeah. else, and, you know, dogs will try and nip at you through a... Yeah, well, then, you know, hopefully you've got one of those crates where they can't, where you can hold it by the handle, or you've got a couple of people, one on either end that Big can... Big gloves. Yeah, and, um, you know, if you hold a crate correctly, the dog shouldn't be able to get you. Um, I, I just I just don't think that that's kind of an, that's an environment that you can do any training per se. It's more management. It's the more the way you approach your body language, the way you speak to the dog um, and the way you kind of hold yourself. So. Well, and you know what's interesting, you, what I learned from you is never, well, first of all, look them in the eye. Maybe that also is threatening. But, you know, we're so used to when you greet some a human, you smile because that's polite, but dogs don't read that. So maybe they're you know, trying to calm a dog with the smile and it may be scary. Well, you know, I think some do- I think a dog's actually very good at reading emotions on faces. Um, but some dogs maybe could perceive the showing of the, a smile as the showing of teeth. Um, they could be threatened by the stare and, um, you know, the frontal approach. The frontal mm-hmm. approach can be very scary for some dogs. And then, of course, the person with the best intentions in the world is trying to make friends and the dog's like, get away. Actually, when whenever I go into a new place, 
I don't greet dogs. Mm-hmm. I just don't greet them. I say hello, but I let them sniff and I let them get comfortable before I make a connection with them. And it just takes pressure off. It's just much easier. If I've got a specially mm-hmm. nervous dog or if I've got a dog that is aggressive that's bitten people before, I don't want to set that dog up for failure by making it fearful and getting it to bite me. So I will just give that dog space, take pressure off until that dog's comfortable to come up to me. All my friends, people who I meet who have dogs, I think of you when I meet them and I don't smile and I don't show my teeth I don't look at them and they're always like god she's so mean she does I thought she liked dogs but I'm trying to not I want them to like me and not to it's just you know now it's habit of course okay this is the right thing thank you uh this one is Rosie from Arkansas and she says she's the proud owner of an eight-month-old German shepherd pit bull mixed puppy but I'm becoming very concerned about his behavior recently Every time I take him out to play, he does well for about 10 minutes, but all of a sudden he gets rather aggressive. He starts biting at my shoes and trying to tug them off as well as nipping at my legs. I don't want to hit him or harm him in any way, but I don't want him to bite me or any of my loves. Please help. I do think he's getting over aroused. And um, a lot of dogs, when they go play, the play really is mock battle. When you break it down, it's mock battle. It's dogs rehearsing. Um, it's dogs figuring things out. And, you know, there's a lot of dogs that, that just get so excitable. And then when they get excitable, they start biting and nipping and all kinds of things. And it's not nasty. But um, it can sort of go over the line a little bit. And some dogs might actually, whilst they're playing, there's some sort of frustration or an overexcitement. And then they become a little bit aggressive and they become a little bit of a bully and so 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 the easy thing is uh, she says after 10 minutes do a couple of minutes and then stop do low activity games rather than high energy games don't play wrestle don't you know if you if you play tug which i love playing with dogs make sure that there are rules and boundaries before you you know that make sure that your dog has a good out and that drops the toy and doesn't become overstimulated when you're playing it's all about making the dog situation a bit calmer and playing games that are appropriate appropriate that won't over arouse and if the dog does get a little too much should she just stop play stop stop and leave just you know too much but don't get don't let the dog get to that point so shorter little sessions are better with low activity games it works for people too it does it i think it does i think you know when they get all excited just stop and walk Walk away away. i do that with my husband (laughs) (laughs) moving swiftly on Let's jump right into the Let's Embarrass and Humiliate Holly segment. Open your notebook, sharpen your pencil, and get ready. You're about to attend Victoria's Animal Academy. <laughs> this gets even wilder. You know, I've had two years to think about this, and now I'm going to ask you some crazy questions. And they're not necessarily about dogs. And I've had two years to get more stupid. I, I forget things, so uh, bring it. Okay. Should we start? <laughs> I've been reading. Okay. You're not going to get most of these, I'll oh, tell you. Oh, you have All right. faith. Um, here's a question. Okay. How many pounds of meat can one wolf eat in a single sitting? Oh, everybody knows that. Twelve. You're relatively close. What? <laughs> <laughs> what is it? That's up, a lot of meat. Up to 20 pounds. What? That's like a small child. Gosh. Yeah, but then they don't eat for days after that. Oh. So then do they walk around with distended bellies? I'm they look sure like they're they pregnant. Do. That's mm-hmm. going to be uncomfortable. You ever eat a meal and you're so full, you feel like you're going to throw up? No. That's probably what they go through. <laughs> 
The good thing is that you want to find a wolf if you should encounter one in a forest right after he's gorged. Exactly. It looks slow moving. Yeah. Um, Hmm. Okay. 20 pounds. (laughs) Who knew? Um, uh, now you, if you don't know this, Holly, <laughs> great. you need to go back to school because I'm telling you, everybody knows the answer to this question. Oh uh, yeah. How long can a snail sleep for? <laughs> I think my husband is of the snail genus. So I'm going to say a week. Up to three years. What? Up what do you mean you can years? sleep for three okay, years? I want to know who are the researchers that <laughs> watched it. That watched the snail for three. How do they know it's asleep? When does it pee? You know, I get up three times in the middle of the night to pee. Three times? Sometimes. Oh God. Just depends. Um, I mean, if the shell, if the snail is in its little shell, how do they know that the snail is sleeping? Well, what else would it be doing? I guess I it's don't not know. We're hanging out. Work. I don't know. Just just being awake. It depends on if it has direct TV. Okay. Wow. Three years? Three years. What's the point? How long do they live? I thought they'd be eaten that time. <laughs> All right. Question. That's what you do is if you're French and you want escargot, just look for the sleeping snail. Exactly. That's why they get <laughs> eaten so much. All right. What animal can last longer without water than a camel? What? What animal can last longer without water than a camel? Oh, God. Um, um, a chameleon. <laughs> Our producer just know. snorted out of his nose. I think it's something that's scaly and lives in a desert. No, it's know. rats. They can live. They can last longer without water than a camel. That's why they're just everywhere. Oh. Can I tell you a little story? I used to live in New York City in Manhattan mm-hmm. and I used to park my car in a parking lot that was between 11th and 12th Street on the west side. And you know what it's like there. It's pretty grotty. Um, and it was, and so I used to park my car and then I would have to do the run, <gasps> which I call the run because at night, there are rats oh, everywhere. God. So I would pick my time. I would watch them as they're going backwards and forwards and backwards and forwards and backwards and forwards in the parking lot. And then I would just run <gasps> and hope I didn't step on one. That's how bad it was. You should have carried a squirt, although squirt gun, you probably would have gotten shot. Someone would have thought you would have, you know what I mean? Yeah, like somebody to dump water. Oh, that's Look, I'm, I'm, I'm on the west side of highway and, you know, or oh the west side at night and, you know, the rats were the most frightening thing. Oh, um, right. Okay. Oh, this is this is a really interesting question. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the only animal that can fly backwards? Hummingbird. <gasps> mm-hmm. Gosh, Not so stupid see? after all. <laughs> wow. I um, love hummingbirds. Know, I have a hummingbird feeder in my backyard. Oh, you do? And okay, I have a so purple one, which is very rare for uh, our area. Oh, you have a purple feeder or a purple hummingbird? A bird, a purple oh, bird. Really? You know, they come back every year. They migrate to the same place. And so it takes them a while to find it. I love hummingbirds, um, but they will come back. We have actually a pair of cardinals that come back every year. And they do? nest right outside our back door. Yep, uh-huh. in the tree right, right outside our back door. So she's actually building the nest right now. Really? Mama I, you bird know, it's is. the same ones as she oh, does yeah, it in the yeah, same yeah. place? Yeah, Aww. same place. Very good. So this is the fourth year. Okay. Um, Okay, we got one last one. Mm-hmm. What is the world's fastest bird? Oh, it's the, is it the emu? <laughs> <laughs> you mean running bird? <laughs> it's an emu? What's an emu? Stop you mean laughing emu? at me, Alex. Are they extinct? An emu? Or is that, no, that's no, something different. the dodo bird's oh, extinct. The do- <laughs> 
the emu. But I'm thinking when you said the fastest, I'm thinking running because it probably runs pretty fast. Is, this a, is that an Are Australian bird? Is an emu or yeah. an Australian bird? It was a comic. Remember, a comedian? Did I just age myself? Emu. 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 But I'm thinking running. You're thinking flying? No, I'm, I'm so flying. Oh, my <laughs> That's God. That's the first thing that came to mind. The fastest bird? You mean that flies the fastest? Yes. Um, I'm going to go with the um, eagle. The peregrine falcon. Oh, see? At least it's better than an emu. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you know, I'm, I'm quite impressed because you got one out of five right there. <laughs> I don't think uh, I would have, if I hadn't have made these questions, I don't think I'd have known any I'm of them. I'm going to study up. All right. So here's the deal. One out of five. I'm going to go read more. I'm quite impressed. You know what? <laughs> and in, too long. In, in, in future episodes, would you, um, you can test me. You can quiz me. Okay. Yeah. Because I want to know if you know about emus. <laughs> I have no idea about emus or ostriches or anything like that. Yeah. It's like an ostrich. We're going to. Yeah. Okay. I'm so excited. <laughs> we, I love our sponsors, Adaptil. They are the greatest. Um, it's a great tool for my toolbox as a trainer. Uh, another thing that can relieve stress in dogs. Awesome. Good so to know. we thank our sponsors for this. And uh, thank you, Holly. It's so lovely Yay. to see you. I'm so glad we're back doing our podcasts. Thank you to everybody for listening. We have some great episodes coming up, including next week we have the wonderful trainer, Nando Brown. Swoon. I know. He's swoon, swoon. I, I had to look him up uh, and so watch his videos with you at Crufts. And um, we'll just say uh, he's a little handsome. Thank you, everybody, for listening. See you next week. Thanks for tuning in to Victoria Stillwell's Positively Podcast. For more information, visit Positively.com. Get connected on Facebook and YouTube as Victoria Stillwell or follow her on Twitter at Victoria S. Be sure to tune in next time as Victoria helps to change dogs' lives positively. Positively.